Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are continuing our series on productivity and pleasure with the Enneagram Type 6. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I started using a new curly hair cream from Lust Brands and it is literally changing my life. <laughs> I'm on day two hair and I woke up and literally just didn't have to do anything. Like I took my hair down and it looked good still curly. I am mind blown, honestly. It's going to change my life. My thorn is I am probably going to buy a new car this week. I think that's a good thing, but it's causing me a lot of anxiety. I just feel like I'm not going to think it through enough or I'm going to do something wrong or this this happens to me a lot when I'm making big purchases, <clears throat> especially big purchases that I'm really excited about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very um, scary. You know, I think the poor kid in me is like, something's going to fall apart if you do this. But I'm just going to trust the process, which brings me to Bud, which is buying a new car, <laughs> I think. I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing what I find and learning to fall in love with it. Okay, friends, let's talk about productivity and pleasure for the Enneagram Type 6. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to the intro episode where I talk about the importance of finding our rhythm with these two things and why I think productivity should exist as an entry point to more pleasure. In these individual episodes, I want to tackle what can prevent our productivity and tips for allowing our time we create through more productivity to be pleasurable. All right, type six, the things that can get in your way of being more productive. Number one, feedback loops. I hear this all the time from sixes in my life and sixes that I work with. They say that they get caught up in second guessing themselves. And so then they go for up to other people for feedback. And then those people give them advice, but oftentimes the advice is countering each other. So your mom says one thing, your cousin says another thing, your sister says one another thing, and then your boss has a whole other opinion. And you're trusting everyone over yourself, even if those people aren't qualified to give you the advice that you're looking for. One of the things that I heard on a panel once is the person was saying like, I just go to everybody asking them for advice about my job, even though I'm the only one who's had my job that I'm talking to, and I'm the only one who's qualified to do the job that I'm doing, but I still am trusting their opinions over my own. So here's what I recommend you do in that case, is you limit the feedback that you're getting from one to two people. For a lot of things, you know, ideally you're not getting any feedback at all, you're just trusting your expertise. But I understand, like, you're going to want some second opinions, and that's okay. But I would just recommend limiting it to one to two people. And then here is the golden rule for who to go to for advice. Do they have the result that you want 
for the thing you're going to them for. Meaning, have they had your job before and now they're in a job that you would like to have down the road? Ask them for career advice. Have they run a marathon and successfully done so? Trained from nothing up to running a marathon and that's something you want to do. Ask them for marathon running advice. But don't ask your marathon running friend for career advice, right? Like, Go to the people whose results you want, who have the results that you're looking for. Go to get marriage advice from people who have a marriage you respect and admire that you would actually not mind being in. Don't go to people who have a marriage that you would rather not ever have. So make sure you're considering who you're going to and the results that you will get if you follow their advice because it's likely to be the result that they have. Number two, a fear of not doing it the right way. The sixth energy, the sixth kind of prototype, character traits, that they're seeking certainty and they're seeking a sense that like they're gonna do things the way that they need to be done. And the, this kind of idea that there's a correct way on most things and that you can fall short or you can kind of go off the path of what is correct or right, can really can create a lot of procrastination, right? Because if we're so focused on how do I guarantee a positive outcome here, you're unlikely to start because the truth is you can never guarantee a positive outcome. That guarantee does not exist. And so the more we try to solve that in our minds, the harder it's going to be to just get started on the tasks at hand. So you can limit procrastination by following the guidelines laid out for you and asking clarification questions if necessary, but I highly recommend you have one round of clarification questions. So don't ask questions at every single step. You know, look at the directions. Is there anything about the directions that are unclear to you? Ask clarifying questions around those things and then follow what you've been told. And if they need edits, they can ask you. But don't slow your process down out of fear that you're not going to do the job correctly just be because it, either way, right? Like you're likely to go in with the similar amount of information. Either you're going to ask so many questions that whoever you're talking to is starting to get perturbed and it's slowing the process down so much that they might not even have the answer to those questions until they see the work that you've done. So in that case, um, you know, go with what you've been given, ask, do one round of clarification questions if you need to, and then just trust yourself for the rest of the process and trust that whoever's in charge is fully capable of coming to you and asking you to redo something if you need to redo it. And like, that's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. Um, so yeah, don't get caught up in your head and procrastinate out of fear of not doing it correctly. They've given you verbal instructions or written instructions. Follow those to the best of your ability. And that has to be enough. That's all you can do. Number three, getting all up in your head and overthinking it. Um, specifically around, uh, you know, how are we trying to solve all of these problems in advance mentally instead of just kind of getting started and seeing what comes up as you go. One of the ways that I encourage you to kind of explore this is, is a take on shadow journaling. Shadow journaling is essentially where you journal from the like lowest level of health. 
um, like the version of yourself that is completely untapped, untethered, who you probably wouldn't want other people to see, that part of yourself, the most guttural, kind of unfiltered version, journaling from that place can actually help you to really recognize what's really going on with you, if that's something that maybe you struggle with, but for our sixes, I encourage you to do this as like a brain dump of all of your fears, worries, or doubts. So instead of in your head trying to overcome kind of that mental block that fear, worry, and doubt create for you, instead dumping it all out on paper, letting it just, letting the paper take it over so that you don't have to hold on to it mentally. Because what can happen is if we have all of these fears, worries, and doubts that we've not named or put anywhere, they just kind of sit in our bodies as like low level anxiety or agitation. And when, I don't know if you've ever tried to like sit down and write or work from a place of low level anxiety and agitation, it's really hard. It's hard to focus. It's hard to sit still. It's hard to like let those things flow. So instead, if you can just sit down, write them all out on paper, name them, it can helps put them to the side for a second so that your brain can focus on other things. Which brings me to number four, a fear of what could go wrong. Sometimes our sixes can delay progress by expressing externally everything that they think could happen that could make this not work. And sometimes that's a needed step, right? Like if we're in the process of like, like we're creating systems for something, we need to troubleshoot what could go wrong so that we can prepare a system for that perfect place for that skill. If we're in need of progress, it's time to kind of keep, get the ball moving, get going, like moving forward. It's not really the time or place for that skill. So when that arises, I encourage you to mind map what could go right to kind of give your brain a chance to take a break from what could go wrong. I honestly think the combination of brain dumping all your fears and doubts and worries followed by a mind map of what could go right is really a great combo of things that's going to help you so much with taking action because we've honored all of the valid fears and concerns that we have. We've named them we've written them down, <clears throat> and then we can put them to the side, which gives our brain the space to even think positively. Until we can really acknowledge the fears that we're having, positive thinking feels make like make-believe. Um, but if we can honor those negative emotions and then go into positive thinking and mind map, okay, well, these are all my fears of what could go wrong. What could go right? What if this went right? And write out everything that you think could go right. And, you know, don't put, don't have to like just list it out. You can write it in creative ways, whatever you need to do to think through a possible positive outcome and then operate from there. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Number five is a big one. It's a fear of letting people down. So when we think about 
what could prevent you from being productive? And we're thinking about really other people's emergencies, right? Other people have things where maybe they've dropped the ball, so you go to pick up the slack. Maybe there's a fire that they created that you need to go put out. All of these things, other people's concerns. Six is fear letting people down, particularly if they have an authority figure that they respect. But I think in general, they wanna make sure that they are not the one who dropped the ball. They are not the one who abandoned the team. And the trouble with this is that it's very distracting from like actual things that you need to do. So maybe you have a project that you need to complete, but like Sam, Sally, Sue, and John all have little emergencies that they come to you for because you're typically the one who solves the problems. Then all of a sudden your one hour long project is a six hour long project because you've taken on Sue, Sally, Sam, and John's projects too. So it's important for you to set boundaries around when you're available to help, when you're not available to help, when to come to you and when not to come to you. Sometimes it might just be as simple as saying like, I'm sorry, I'm busy right now, I can't do that. Here we have you checked with Sally, <laughs> you know, maybe she can help. But recognizing that the more you step in to solve other people's problems, the less you're able to solve your own. So now that we have a sense of what would allow us the space and time to experience more pleasure, let's talk about the top roadblocks to type six, allowing that pleasure to happen. Number one is preparation. I had a type six describe this to me one time as not a fear of bad things happening, but an opportunity to guarantee good things happening. And I think that's where the type six structure gets missed a lot. I think we sometimes think like as a stereotype, it's maybe seen that you're as more fearful as, um, you know, more antagonistic or, you know, playing devil's advocate. Sometimes, you know, only seeing what could go wrong. But the type six structure in general tends to be very community oriented, very fun, likes to have a good time, wants to get people together to do fun things. And that a lot of times this preparation energy is coming from a place of, I wanna make sure we have a great experience. So I don't want anyone to get sunburnt. I don't want anyone to get sand in their shoes. I don't want anyone to have to suffer. So I will try to think through all of the ways that things could go wrong and prepare for them so that we can have a good time. And I think that that can often limit the access that the six has for pleasure because they're so focused on guaranteeing the pleasure of everyone that they lose sight of the experience that they're having in the preparation because sometimes that can make them feel like a Debbie Downer or like they're like the mom of the group is what I've heard other sixes say or like they're not getting to be part of the the pleasure, the process, or the fun because they're so busy preparing and planning and executing the fun for everyone else. So um, just keep in mind that sometimes the preparation, I like to prepare as well. Like sometimes that's the fun part. I get it um, fully and wholeheartedly. I think preparation is the fun part sometimes. So you just notice when the preparation moves from this is fun for me to this is something I'm feeling resentful of. And like, why is no one else doing this? Why am I the only one who has to do this? Because the truth is you don't have to. That is a role that we choose for ourselves and no one's assigning that to us and they get to experience the consequences of not preparing 
should they want to, (laughs) should they not prepare. And you get to choose when you prepare and when you don't. Number two, again, the fear of letting people down. And this time it's more like, okay, is my team going to suffer because I took a day off? Is my boss going to be have to cover for me if I take vacation? Um, am I going to take so much vacation that my boss is disappointed in me? And I think that this is, you know, I think about for a while in our company, I don't have employees anymore. I, I only do contractors. But when I did have employees, I had unlimited paid time off and that I think it can create some confusion for people. Well, like, what's that mean? What is unlimited really? And I can really see the type six structure struggling with something like that because it's amorphous, right? It's like, well, what's, give me the specifics here because like, I don't, I'm get, like, I don't want to take advantage, but at the same time, This is like the benefit, but like not taking full advantage of your time off out of fear of letting people down. Even let's say you get three weeks out of the year paid time off and you don't take all of them out of fear that you're going to take so much time off that people are going to be mad at you. So um, I just want to encourage you to fully enjoy your benefits, fully enjoy your time off, embrace your downtime. Trust that the people who maybe set those benefits for you can live with the consequences of their decisions. If they realize that three weeks off is too much, well, then they can, you know, take the choice to to fix that or change that. But I doubt they will. They picked that number for a reason and they stand by that decision. They have to stand by that decision because it's the decision that they made. Pay time off is there for a reason. Or, you know, I know a lot of us don't get paid time off. <laughs> I'm I'm not just assuming that you work in a salary job. But I think about the energy of my, my husband. He works at a coffee shop and they don't get paid time off, obviously. They're hourly. Um, he's very scared to ask for time off for fear of getting fired. Like, well, if I take so much time off, are they going to just think I'm replaceable? Um, and the truth is, like... You have to trust that the work you're doing when you're there is valuable enough to justify your time away. And it is, and it should be. And if it's not, like that's not a very good work environment for you. Um, So don't worry so much about letting people down when you do what you need to do to rest and take care of yourself. Don't leave your phone on on the weekends just in case your boss needs something from you. They will survive. You're not at work. If you get off at 5 p.m., go home at 5 p.m., you know? Like, you are not getting paid to work past that time. Like, that is not your job. So, you know, set your boundaries, figure out what your boundaries are, and trust that you can have the boundaries that you need in order to enjoy your life without fear of people feeling let down by you. All right, number three, waiting for someone else to go with you. Sixes are so community-oriented. They tend to have really good groups of friends that they surround themselves with, they spend time with, they do fun things with, and that's amazing. I love that for you. As we get older, oftentimes we lose touch with that, right? People start to have different lives. Things start to kind of change and shift. And our time with our friends oftentimes gets lower and lower and lower. And what I don't want to see you do is to experience that 
you know, your friends kind of drifting apart, spending less time together, and that be the reason you have less fun, that you are just kind of waiting for the next time that your friends can get together so that you can do these really cool things you want to do. I had a friend who is a six who she loved to go to these painting things where you would like go paint a canvas and drink wine and champagne and she would oftentimes invite friends to go with her and that was so fun but then when people couldn't go she would go by herself and I just think that that's the energy I want you to have is this sense of like I would love for people to come with me but if no one can come I'm still gonna go I'm still gonna go have a good time I'm gonna maybe battle some anxiety around that or some fear of feeling uncomfortable but at the end of the day like I'm gonna have a good time I'm going to have a pleasurable life. I'm going to go out to dinner by myself and read a good book. I'm going to go watch a movie alone. I'm going to do these things that I think I have to have other people with me for, and I'm going to do them alone. I heard Michelle B, she's a YouTuber, she's amazing, talk about how she is dealing with anxiety around things, going to do things alone, and how she just as allowing yourself to feel the feeling, but do it anyway. And she talked about going to a climbing gym. She's like, I love to climb. I love to go to the climbing gym, but I always go with friends. And she described a time that she went to the climbing gym and she like walked in and she felt anxiety and she just kind of like breathed, felt where it was in her body, and then eventually climbed anyway. And that's what it is. You know, it's not that the anxiety is not going to be there. It's not that the fear or the discomfort is not going to be there. It's just that when it comes, we just kind of let it come and go. And then we keep going. Michelle B, that same video of hers, it's I think her most recent one, is also the one that talks about shadow journaling. So if that is of interest to you, I think go watch that video. It's a good one. Okay, friends. I hope you found this helpful. If you are a type six, I would love to hear if you explore any of these tips. Tag me on Instagram if you do so I can follow along. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.